Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on Twitter at TST underscore underscore radio and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. Check out our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for behind-the-scenes access to the show through our Patreon page. There's a link to Patreon. There is an About page. If you've never heard of this show before, you want to go read a little bit about what we've done here over the last decade. And if you'd like to listen to the show archive, we have a full show archive for free on the website with an RSS feed for your podcast player an embed player so you can listen and download the show and links to all of the different podcast radio players. Make it a little bit easier to find the one that you use and not have to go searching for the show, but otherwise you can just search the name of the show and pull it up on any radio or podcast player. You should be able to find the show. And when you pull it up, you'll notice that there are some advertisements. And if you'd like to get rid of those advertisements, that's our primary method of having an income here on the show. We make about $500 a month. You can go and uh, subscribe to our show archive with the advertisement free show, which gets you access to a lot more, including montages, all of my digital books and a private RSS feed and early access to the show. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info And that is the other major way to support the show when you subscribe to our full archive with all the perks, as well as buying copies of my books on the website like Occult Arcana or the Technological Elixir. That supports the secret teachings and it keeps us on air Monday through Friday, five nights a week. My archive is different than Clyde Lewis's archive, so you'll have to subscribe to Aftermath separately if you want to get... Clyde's content, as well as my content. And the last thing is we have some affiliates on the website. Please go check them out. Pro One Water Filters, the Tuttle Twins, and also Transistor.fm, which hosts our private archive. They are a really great company. If you're looking to get into things like podcasting, or if you're looking to get into radio, check them out and uh, see what you think about them. They are, again, a very, very good company. So it is Friday, June 10th, 2022. Jurassic uh, World Dominion came out today. Had a chance to go see that tonight. And uh, normally I don't go see movies that just make it into the theater because theaters end up packed and, you know, people... I don't like going to a theater and, uh, you know, everybody kind of has that hive mind of, of laughing at the, at the jokes they're supposed to laugh at. I, I just don't like a lot of, you know, big Hollywood blockbusters, but it's Jurassic Park, so I have to go see it, right? And uh, went to see Jurassic Park and uh, probably do a show on it, you know, the idea of genetic engineering and uh, whether or not man should tamper with nature, yeah, it's kind of the whole idea of, uh, of Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. And, uh, I mean, th- there's a lot of things in in Jurassic World that, I don't know, I thought there were some 
in the whole series. I thought there was some bad casting. Uh, I thought there was some bad writing. Uh, definitely some uh, some bad CG. I mean, when you watch the original Jurassic Park, like the Jurassic Park, it was terrifying because you know you had uh, animatronic uh, dinosaurs. I mean, not not everything was was digital. It was a lot scarier when it was uh, it was physical, when it was real, when it wasn't just something on a computer screen per se. You know, but the whole idea of Jurassic Park is that should we tamper with nature? Should we alter the the natural course of things? And the whole idea of the of the Jurassic World series is that uh, the dinosaurs that we bring back from extinction are taking control of the planet, basically. They're restoring an older natural order. Now, in the same vein, in the same light, um, I, I have to tell you that despite what you might think of this show and what we discuss here, um, I, I was asked like 10 years ago, somebody asked me when I, I, I started out talking about comparative religion and things like that, mythology, a long, long time ago on our college radio station. And people would ask me, they're like, have you, you, you've had to have read Joseph Campbell. You know, you've had to have read like Carl Jung. And I, at the time, this was like 10 plus years ago, I had told them, no, I don't actually know who that is. What do they write about? I wasn't very well read and I wasn't very well schooled. I didn't know really anything. So no, I didn't know who Joseph Campbell was like 10, 11 years ago when I first started out on radio. And then I started to read some of his stuff and I realized, oh, he's, he's talking about the same thing I'm interested in. And it's, it's kind of the same thing um, with H.P. Lovecraft. I, I, I didn't know anything about H.P. Lovecraft. And uh, I, I, I still, to this day, with the exception of the, um, the Call of Cthulhu, I had never read an H.P. Lovecraft story. And um, maybe, that, maybe I lose street cred because of that. But I found a, a $5 copy of H.P. Lovecraft Tales this week. And I, I purchased it at a local used bookstore. And I started skimming through uh, some of the stories. And, you know, I, I hadn't realized how much uh, Lovecraft was influenced by the Theosophical Society. And uh, the, the funny thing is I actually interviewed a guy one time. He wrote uh, a series of uh, New York Times bestselling books on the esoteric creation of uh, mankind. And he said that he was approached by the Theosophical Society and they asked him to become a member because what he wrote in his books was profound enough. I mean, I, I equated it to uh, Manly Hall. Uh, his book, for the record, is uh, The Sacred History, and the other one is The Secret History of the World, which was the first one. And uh, he said he was invited by the Theosophical Society to join them because there's this, this idea of, of, of a different... I don't want to say timeline, but a different, uh, a different description, a different definition of what creation really, really was. And uh, it, it's a description of creation. Really, that doesn't include, and it doesn't have anything to do with dinosaurs per se. It just, it's a, it's a form of creation that doesn't have anything to do with even, you know, human beings, mankind, uh, 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 homo sapiens or homo sapiens sapiens. It's a, it's the idea that man essentially evolved from plants. 
that man evolved from the plant kingdom more so than the animal kingdom and that our bodies mimic the uh, the plant kingdom because of the the central nervous system and the the way that plants are naturally designed and, and grow so there's a there's a bunch of different versions of of creation uh, some in which man is basically evolved from plants from the garden of eden others in which you know dinosaurs rule the earth and then Maybe there's a Garden of Eden situation after the dinosaurs rule the earth. But, you know, whatever whatever way you slice it, whatever way you break it down, the, the point is, the idea is that, uh, you know, should we be calling upon the, 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 the ancient, um, very ancient, millions of years old, the ancient uh, monsters and the ancient things that used to roam this planet? Uh, you know, there's a quote. If you read The Call of Cthulhu, there's a quote at the very beginning of the story that I, I wanted to read you. And it reminded me not only of uh, Jurassic Park or Jurassic World as well. It, it reminds me of uh, Lord of the Rings, too. Uh, he, here, here's the quote from The Call of Cthulhu, quoting Algernon Blackwood. It says, of such great powers or beings, there may be conceivably a survival a survival of a hugely remote period when consciousness was manifested, perhaps, in shapes and forms long since withdrawn before the tide of advancing humanity, forms of which poetry and legend alone have caught a flying memory and called them gods, monsters, mythical beings of all sorts and kinds. The idea that in the past, monsters and myths and gods and goddesses were not just fabrications of human imagination that manifested in thought form, agrigor, uh, tulpa-like things over millions, over hundreds of thousands, over tens of thousands of years. And, and they don't just act as reservoirs of energy that become manifest. They, they were literal things. Somebody actually emailed me about a year and a half ago because I, I, I had talked about, I, I was watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy and I'm not sure why I mentioned that on the show, but somebody messaged me and they said, have you ever heard that Lord of the Rings was actually based on, uh, well, supposedly on some ancient manuscripts that, uh, that were discovered that kind of depict the, 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 the ancient earth as basically as lord of the rings that you know lord of the rings was not so much a fantasy story of middle earth it was um, at least the concepts of the characters were based on real things and that J.R. tolkien uh, took the ideas from these ancient manuscripts and he brought these characters to life you know the dwarves and the the orcs and 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 you know wizards and these strange powers and monsters and uh, again you know whether it's Jurassic Park you know we ask the question should man tamper with nature and should man use genetic engineering should should we bring these monsters back from the brink of uh, historical extinction or should we just simply allow them to pass into the historical record and should we just let it 
let it go and um, study the past and, and, and not really mess with it. And uh, it's the, you know, this idea, we watch Lord of the Rings, it's immensely popular. And the question is, why? Is it, is it archetype? Is it, you know, something to do with uh, Jungian uh, storylines uh, or, you know, Joseph Campbell, uh, you know, archetypes and myth? Or is it, is there something in Lord of the Rings, uh, like in Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, that keeps our interest? Because there, there's something there's something real about it. There's something uh, rooted in, in history that we, we, uh, we have written into our DNA, both in the planet and uh, the DNA that makes up who we are. So again, that question, is it okay to tamper with nature? Is it okay to genetically engineer nature or to call upon the monsters of the old age, of the old days? Uh, should we be calling upon Cthulhu should we be calling upon the the great old ones and openly inviting them into our world today this is obviously what a lot of people think about uh, CERN this is what a lot of people think about uh, atomic bombs being tested that whether you know it's the Department of Energy the Atomic Energy Commission uh, they utilize these uh these these weapons as tools to perhaps peer into other dimensions into other worlds you know, if you listen to you listen to some of the interviews on uh stranger things remember the head of the the energy department confirmed that on the chelsea handler show that the the uh the, the idea of stranger things is really not so far removed from the truth that the, the, the Department of Energy works in other dimensions, which is, you know, also something that um, it's funny because when if you listen to Jordy Rose, who uh, our late friend Kev Baker of the Kev Baker show before he passed away, he got to interview Jordy Rose and uh, Jordy Rose said, not necessarily in the interview, but Jordy Rose had said that the quantum computer that he invented, the D-Wave, was able to peer into other dimensions and extract resources from those other dimensions. And there's, there's a whole quote, and there's even there's audio of it as well. Um, it's in my book, The Technological Elixir. I talk a little bit about this. He says that they can go into other worlds and they can extract resources and that there are these Lovecraftian old ones and uh, he uses that as an example to kind of indicate that there are monsters or that there are potentially monsters that there are things creatures in these other dimensions and when we go extract resources from those dimensions that can be dangerous because it can leave the doorway open for those monsters to come into our world and so we don't we don't necessarily have to worry about genetic engineering and, and and the dangers of it so much as we have to worry about opening portals to other dimensions and letting things walk into our our world like uh, you know pacific rim for example this big rift that opens up and part of the way in which this is done is through ritual and through repetitive ritual in the same same location which is why when you go to a church and you can feel the energy, all the prayer, all the, uh, the energy of the attention, you go to a graveyard, you can kind of feel that darkness, you can kind of feel the death. And uh, ancient 
places around the world, you can feel the energy of what was done there historically, whether it was human sacrifice, animal sacrifice, or lots of prayer, lots of ritual, places dedicated to the gods, etc. And we're not we're not really sure, you know, if if the gods, if the the myths that we that we tell and we share, if they're based on real things, if they're descriptions of nature, regardless of what they're based on, the idea is that there are some today that certainly believe that the gods and the goddesses are not fictional things. They are not figments of the imagination. They are not deities that have been manifested through thought. They believe that they are real things. Whether they are calling on the the old ones, the Lovecraftian old ones, like Jordy Rose said, or they're calling on the the Hindu gods and goddesses. Now I've become death, the destroyer of worlds, uh, Robert Oppenheimer, and the dedication to uh, Indian mythology at the CERN facility, where you have the um, well, you have the, the the statue of Shiva, goddess of destruction, inside of the circular ring, the portal. Uh, that is opening up, and the you know the the, the ring around Shiva kind of looks something like, you know the gold um, the gold ring around uh, 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 like do, that you know in Doctor Strange that they use in the movies. That's how they open the portals. They open the dimensional gateways. And you know it, again, if you watch Doctor Strange, what do you get out of Doctor Strange? You get dream walking into other dimensions, under other worlds, into people, and then using them to uh, to obtain that which you desire to obtain. It's considered a desecration of, of reality, a desecration of the walls of nature, just like Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. And when you're tampering with those laws of nature, it can only be described as evil. Uh, it's an inversion of life, L-I-V-E, living, to live, E-V-I-L. It's an inversion. It's a distortion. It's not creation. It's altering the natural course of things, and, you know, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World shows us that that's extremely dangerous. And uh, that's the whole idea of, you know, genetic tampering and messing with the laws of nature and calling upon these monsters and these creatures from an ancient time and doing the same thing today. Not necessarily, although we are doing this with genetic engineering, uh, we're doing this with with other things, perhaps like CERN. And we're calling on those gods to come into our world and we're calling on them and uh, hoping that when they manifest, when they walk into our world, that we'll be able to control them somehow. And it's gotten to the point now where it doesn't matter if you are interested in comics or if you watch certain TV shows or movies. This stuff is everywhere. I mean, I don't, I'm not a comic book guy. Like, I don't, I don't read comic books, and I don't know much about the comic book uh, universes, if you will. Um, I mean, I have a friend named uh, Derek, uh, who many of you know as the Night Stalker, and uh, Derek always always sends me messages about you know comics and different TV shows and things like that. Uh, a lot of synchronicities, and he sent me he sent me a um, what looks like a magazine cover. Uh, it's for something called the uh, the Hellfire Gala, and uh, it's it's something it has something to do with X Men. And uh, it's a line of like, uh, you know, line of comic books. And um, they're having this event for X-Men called uh, called the the gala. 
And uh, this gala, uh, this promotion that he sent me has the Scarlet Witch on the cover, you know, who does, this is Wanda, who does the dream walking into uh, these, other, these other worlds and these other dimensions, just like Vecna in Stranger Things. And uh, it says on the cover here what kind of looks like, um, like a magazine. It's, it's called Hellfire, which was the name of the club, of course, in Stranger Things. And uh, there's also a, a symbol of a trident on the front. So you have the X, because it's the X-Men Gala, the Hellfire Gala, and you have the trident. And these are both symbols and um, images that have been used in Ukraine uh, by the Russians and or by those practicing what we can imagine to be some form of black magic uh, in, in Ukraine. And, of course, the trident is the symbol of Ukraine. It's a, a symbol of controlling water and emotions or emotions, oceans, currents, currents of energy. And that reminds us, if we go back to the Super Bowl, the show that we did here on The Secret Teachings called After Dark, or the show that we did with Clyde Lewis on Ground Zero, our, our annual Super Bowl show, and we talked about the, uh, the three levels of heaven, purgatory, and hell, and we talked about the, uh, the, the various symbols that were present, including uh, kind of a tip of the hat to the gods of Olympus and Zeus, which was a big symbol, electric cars, electricity, 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 currency, currency, currency. So, you know, Zeus, his brother is Neptune, right? Or it's Poseidon, he carries the trident. And I, I can't help but think there is either some form of weird, non-definable reasoning uh, behind this weird obsession with these gods and these symbols or it's, it's beyond a weird obsession. The, the, the reason that this stuff is being utilized in both entertainment to draw in your energy, your, your payment, your money, your currency, but your attention, um, and in the nightly news for, for wars in foreign countries, there, there's something behind this imagery. And I think it has something to do with hellfire. It has something to do with calling on those, those dinosaurs, those monsters of the past, uh, those Cthulhu-like creatures from a time way before our own calling on them and, and, and attempting to bring them into our world for one reason or another we're going to talk about that tonight of the secret teachings and how maybe that's being done i'm ryan gable this is the secret teachings stay with us the secret teachings radio show is on facebook and twitter just search facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings to like us and tst underscore underscore radio to tweet with us this is david ike from davidike.com author of the phantom self and the perception deception and you are listening to the secret teachings with ryan gable from ground zero to the secret teachings Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. 
We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. So earlier tonight, I went to see Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park or Jurassic World Dominion. It's a reminder of the question as it pertains to whether or not man should tamper with the natural order, calling on terrifying and intelligent monsters from the ancient world, genetically modifying those monsters, playing around with the natural coding of life whether it's through genetic engineering or perhaps ritual ceremony. There are many today who seem hell-bent on unleashing hellfire by calling upon the Lovecraftian old ones and welcoming them into our world. The manner in which this is accomplished may pique your curiosity. It doesn't necessarily have to be done in a laboratory. It can be done in a writer's room, a writer's room in Hollywood, a writer's room in New York City a writer's room where writers get together and they are inspired by the things that we find interest in as an audience. And perhaps they're inspired by things that aren't so inspirational to us. They only become inspirational as comics and, you know, these types of stories when in, when actuality they're, you know, they're based on things that, that might be very, very real you know, obviously, we, a lot of us would probably think, well, dinosaurs were, were real at one point. And maybe some of you don't believe that dinosaurs were real. That's, that's fine by me at the moment. I don't really care. Whether, whether or not these, these creatures 
these monsters, these things that, well, they make the sound, they make the bumps in the middle of the night, whether or not these things are, are real. I'm not talking about dinosaurs now, but these, these other kinds of monsters, whether or not these things are real is, you know, it's a matter of debate perhaps, but the, the scientists and the writers and people that people that promote through both entertainment and through politics and religion, some of these ideas and some of the images of these, these creatures, these gods, goddesses, etc., they believe that they're real. Or at least it seems that way. I mean, I can't tell you how many times when you look for it, and yeah, 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 if you look for it, you're going to find it. But I never intended to find these things. I just, I've been watching the NHL playoffs and every, every commercial, it seems like every commercial set, I keep seeing this advertisement for Meta. So the Metaverse or you know, Facebook. And uh, it says, good ideas deserve to be found. And the focal point of the commercial is a squid, a tentacle-like thing. Obviously, a, you know, an octopus is different than a squid, right? Octopus is different than a squid. But it's the same kind of an idea. It's the same kind of concept. It's very Cthulian. It's very Lovecraft. It's this, this monstrous thing, uh, a pulpy, tentacled head surmounted a grotesque and scaly body with rudimentary wings. Something that is shockingly frightful. Something that's kind of like a mixture of Mothman and something from Pirates of the Caribbean. Tentacle on the face. And this is a big thing uh, for Meta. This, uh, this alternate dimension, this alternate reality that they've created, right? The Metaverse. And they've created their own uh, digital playground. They've created uh, their own uh, rules for that digital world. What you can and can't do. And it's interesting because, you know, the metaverse is, is really atom spelled backwards. A-T-E-M, atom. And they're creating a new atom, a new first man in this new dimension, in this new world. Right. If you, if you think about it, atom, A-T-E-M, atom, doesn't matter if the word is spelled the same as A-D-A-M. What matters is the, the sound of the word when you pronounce it. It's the same word, especially in magic. This is really important when you have uh, magical incantations. If the word sounds the same, it has the same meaning or it can have a more powerful meaning. So atom, atom. So they're inverting. If you invert meta, meta. You get at him. And you're seeing the creation of a new man, a digital man, or what I would call the antithesis of mankind, which would be this, this black atom, which is also, of course, a, um, well, that's, a, that's a comic too, Black Adam. And whether you're looking at you know Black Adam or you're looking at Shazam, or you're looking at Moon Knight, you're seeing these characters and these storylines that are based off of 
ancient mythology and archetypes, you're seeing electricity. You're basically seeing the awakening of the gods to, to grant power. And you're seeing these, these gods uh, that are becoming such an integral part of entertainment and media and comics and things like this today. And like, obviously they've been there for a long time, but now it's something widespread where, you know, the comic book world is, is every other movie that comes out in the theater. And it's something now where we're watching this. Um, it's not just some people reading comic books. We're watching this as a, a, a mass of the population collectively and that's a lot of energy. That's a lot of electricity, which is, again, everything from, you could argue, DC Comics, Direct Current, to Black Adam, or Shazam, or Moon Knight, or even the new Batman movie. You know, when, when Batman is, they're in uh, Madison Square Garden, and he cuts the, the, um, the cord, the electrical line, and falls down into the water. It's it's obviously symbolic of the cutting of the umbilical cord and falling into the water and being reborn again. Very well done scene. And that whole idea of the rebirth of the hero, and it's, it's, all, it's all the same Jungian Campbell archetype. And that's why those types of images and those types of ideas are really profound and important. But when you see this focus on electricity and, you know, obviously reminded, being reminded of Zeus, um, if you start to look around Zeus, you know, you see these other characters like Poseidon or Neptune, and they hold the trident, right? The trident, which is the, the symbol of the country of Ukraine. And uh, you see, of course, the Zs and the Xs. These are symbols that the mainstream media in the West, on the other side of the world here, have promoted vigorously, you know, as symbols of Nazism or whatever the case might be. Right, right now, there's something called the um, Hellfire Gala. And the Hellfire Gala is uh, coming from the X-Men universe. And it has something to do, it's in the news right now, if you type it in, uh, Hellfire Gala. Uh, there's stories about Wolverine, Doctor Doom, Cyclops, which is also the backdrop Cyclopean architecture to the description of Cthulhu in the Lovecraft story. Uh, there's, there's a lot of different things that, you know, I, I'm not well-versed in the comic book world, as I said, but when you look this up, you can, you can see the, the image for the Hellfire Gala, and you might think, well, Hellfire, that's, that's the name of the club in Stranger Things that some people think is like this satanic cult it's just a group that gets together and plays Dungeons and Dragons. And um, it was another description of Cthulhu. He's dragon-like. So on the cover of what looks like, um, looks like a magazine, it's called Hellfire, uh, that, a, that a listener sent me, uh, there's the Scarlet Witch. It says, she'll cast a spell on you. And at the bottom it says, Hex marks the spot. Hex. X, X marks the spot, Hex marks the spot. Casting of a spell, she'll cast a spell on you. Just like Vecna walking into the minds of young people and then killing them to obtain their energy, to obtain their power. And when he does that in Stranger Things, it opens up a dimensional gateway. 
when Stranger Things came out at the end of May, there was an, an advertisement or a series of advertisements. We, we talked about it on this show on Monday. And that series of advertisements included projecting rifts, dimensional gateways, onto landmarks around the world. 15 landmarks in 14 countries saw these digitally projected rifts appear on buildings, these landmarks from Madrid to Tokyo to New York, all over the world. And uh, the first thing that's strange is that this happened in 14 countries, 14 distinct pieces of the world as man has drawn them out. And these are the 14 pieces of Osiris, the green god or the black god put in a golden coffin, just like George Floyd, in fact, but that's a separate issue. And the 14 pieces that were distributed around the world by Set, Seth, or Typhon, this dragon-like serpent, uh, the devil of Egypt, because he knew he couldn't kill his brother, so he cut him into 14 pieces and scattered them about. Isis comes along, and with Nephthys, the wife of Set, Seth, who in the myth has a thing for Osiris. So Osiris is, he's got like, you know, he's got a, a sister thing going on. And he's, he's put back together by Isis. And then, of course, she impregnates herself on the golden phallus, the 14th piece that was never found. So she has to make one out of gold or beeswax in the story. And then she gives birth to the, the Christ child. She gives birth to Horus. And that story is told throughout the world uh, in various forums, whether it's Mary Isis, or there's a darker version, uh, Labrusha, or Lilith. And Labrusha, or Lilith, is the story of the, the demon, the temptress, who's kicked out of the Garden of Eden in the mystical Jewish tradition, first woman, Lilith. And she is hunted down by God's angels, and God's angels find her. But Lilith is extremely powerful because she's an expression of creation, like Adam, and so Lilith, she knows the name of God, and she utters it, and she takes control of the angels, and she deflects God's attempt to bring her back into submission. And as a result of that, she becomes essentially, or she is as powerful as Isis, who is the creator goddess, so she creates her own things. She creates essentially her own world, parallel to our world. That world that she creates is a world of demons. Now, it's a, it's, a, it's a metaphor psychologically because it's the dark side of the moon. It's the creepy crawlies, the centipede. Remember, Madonna had that centipede uh, NFT recently, that, that and the tree growing out of her vagina. Literally, that was the NFT. So it was a centipede, robotic centipede, which is like this artificial cold thing, this monster, and then a, a, a tree that was growing out of her. Well, Lilith, La Bruxa, in the original storyline, she was a goddess or a demon of, of both wind and she was a demon or a goddess of trees, just like actually Osiris. You know, gods and goddesses are said to be in trees because trees are old and trees are wise, wise. So that's why. But she creates this race of monsters, this race of demons, and they hunt people in their dreams, just like Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, they, they hunt people, especially young people, in their dreams. They haunt them, and they go into the dream, and the story is 
if the myth is if a baby is to smile in their dream, you should wake the baby up immediately because Lilith has appeared to the child's spirit slash soul and is there to consume it. Just like Vecna, just like Wanda, who's willing to sacrifice America, the child, to obtain her powers to open dimensional gateways to steal children from another dimension. Sounds a lot like Monsters, Inc., right? Monsters that open dimensional gateways to steal the screams and the fear of a child to power their monster world. This is Monsters, Inc., this is Stranger Things, this is Doctor Strange, or I call it Doctor Stranger Things. The baby smiles, and that's the warning sign for the mother to wake the baby up so the soul is not taken. She also became, of course, the first succubus, and she tempted men and gave them wet dreams, as the mythos tells us. And uh, she intended to not only tempt men and steal the soul or spirit of the innocent, but she also haunted women and made them infertile. So anybody who chooses to advocate for something such as widespread legal abortion in all cases is really embodying the spirit of Lilith or Labrusha. And she wants women to be infertile. She wants women to be sterile. She wants abortion. She wants miscarriage. She wants babies as these innocent things to have their soul or their spirit taken from them. And what, what is the soul or the spirit? It's well, How can you get to it? You get to it through the eyes, the gateway, the portal, the dimensional rift, if you will, to the soul, to the spirit. And that dimensional gateway, that dimensional rift, the soul, the spirit, through the eyes, that's what Vecna takes in Stranger Things. That's what the Hologost takes in Miss Peregrine. I think it's, what is it called? Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. So the baby smiles. And of course, the smile is is a is a prominent symbol in the the Watchmen series, and um, there's actually a new movie coming out called Smile. You know, you want to know how I got these scars? Now I'm always smiling. Of course, the smile is um, you know it's venom, and uh, the smile is this weird thing uh, that's very 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 creepy. There was a, a, a digital holographic-like projection of smiling people. Hundreds of smiling faces projected above Wellington Harbor with new interactive installation. The smiling faces of Wellingtonians and their dogs have lit up Wellington's waterfront over the weekend as part of a new art installation that has received overwhelmingly positive feedback. The interactive projection, dubbed Into the Light, allows users to have videos of their faces taken in a booth, which then projects them onto the spray of the Carter Fountain at Oriental Bay. So it's a digital, holographic-like light projection of smiling faces. And uh, again, whether it's the uh, Watchmen series, or it's the new movie Smile, or it's Venom, Smiley Face Killers, or it's the smiling man. What is the smiling man? The, the hat man, the, the monster that comes at 3 a.m., that comes in the morning, stands ominously in the dark corner of your room, 
can see the outline, but you can't see any face. It's the rake. It's the demigorgon. Nine feet tall, very tall. Pale skin, no face. No eyes. It's a soulless demon. Soulless monster. So we see these, these, uh, these focal points on the smile, which is the baby smiling as the demon Lilith comes to extract its soul or its spirit. And that's why the mothers um, would wake up the baby when they would smile because of Lilith, this perverse creator of demons and things of that nature. And of course, I know I'm mentioning a lot of different things, but the Davos meeting a few weeks ago involved shamans and, quote, healers that brought ayahuasca and other substances for world leaders to, um, well, to publicly interact with, which I think is an open dissemination of the reality of what a lot of powerful people do. They do these types of substances and they call on uh, entities, on deities, on powerful forces for more power. It's something that priest classes and shaman classes have done for hundreds and hundreds, for thousands of years. And whether it's those people at Davos doing it or it's the promotion for Stranger Things with all of the rifts that are projected around the world in these different locations like Osiris's body, uh, Osiris is, of course, God of the underworld, gateway to the underworld. And so you have 14 pieces, 14 parts of the world lit up with rifts to other dimensional gateways. Almost like Independence Day, these big ships over major cities, major landmarks ready to strike, just counting down before those weapon systems open up and, and, and blow everything to pieces. So you have this strange cultural pop cultural and entertainment driven focus on these ideas, whether it's the meta commercial and the squid octopus thing, the Cthulhu like thing, or it's all the, the smiling men, smiling characters, or it's these holographic digital projections of rifts in other countries, 14 places opening these gateways, these portals you go back to Vecna and how Vecna would open the portals, you would kill the innocent, kill the child. And if you pay attention to the, to the news, it doesn't receive a lot of focused attention by the media. But you'll, you'll start to notice that there are always these stories of abuse from church leaders, right? Like, you know about the Catholic Church. You know about, maybe maybe you know about uh, the Baptist churches. Maybe you know that it's not just Catholics or Baptists, but it's, um, and it's not just in the church. But child trafficking is such a, a lucrative action, a lucrative practice. And there, of course, are things arguably worse than child um, trafficking, like, well, what the child, the child is trafficked to do 
to be a, uh, a sex slave, to be used in some ritual practice. Let me read you a few headlines because we're going to get into this next, the next hour. Because I think it relates to the calling on the old Lovecraftian ones, on the old gods, the goddesses, and part of the, the mythos of humanity, calling on these things that might be more real than myth calling upon them through these forms of sacrifices. There's a story last night I read, Mexican megachurch leader given nearly 17 years in U.S. prison for child sex abuse, sexually abused three girls. One small story. Of course, we did a show on the Southern Baptists, their Southern Baptist uh, abuse report, decades of cover-up and inaction in light of all that information coming out, virtually nobody gets in trouble, and it is a simple slap on the wrist and a moving of one Baptist leader to location, to location, to location, so they can continue to carry out their abuse and neglect. And then we have this strange story out of Utah, a story that involves perhaps, because we're not sure yet, ritualistic child sexual abuse, and there's a potential that this story includes cannibalism. Now, you can read the headlines. These are CBS, Salt Lake Tribute, Newsweek, etc. And they're sensational headlines. Yes, they're sensational headlines, but they're dealing with a Utah County Sheriff's Office Special Victims Unit that asked people to to help identify um, themselves if they've been victims, to help identify victims of, 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 uh, of ritualistic child sex abuse and child sex trafficking from 1990 to 2002. And the attorney general is furious about this because he is reportedly um, implicated in this ritualistic child sex abuse and potentially this cannibalism. So it's... Powerful people in government, it's powerful leaders in the church, and whether you like him or not, I'm not a fan of him, but a former congressman from North Carolina, Madison Cawthorn, who said in an interview back at the end of May that he thought sexual perversion was rife in Washington, D.C., revealing that he had been invited to an orgy by people that he looked up to. He witnessed prominent figures consuming drugs right in front of him, including people that were anti-drug and pro-drug regulation. And he said that these, um, these people had these ritualistic orgies, and that this is a recent story. So you've got ritualistic orgies, you've got child trafficking, you've got human trafficking, you've got potential cannibalism, etc. And I mean, these are all things that are very, very, very dark. And not only are they very, very dark, and they're, they're hard to digest because of what is implied and who, who's involved, attorney generals, uh, church leaders, um, people that you would think uh, don't participate in this kind of thing, but in fact, um, they do because they're blackmailed into the participation, just like Epstein's island compound, rigged with wires and cameras and microphones to to blackmail people powerful people now that's for politics that's blackmail that's pretty standard if you will but 
when we're looking at uh, these kinds of things, I start to think that the ancient idea of human sacrifice, child sacrifice, and, and offering these children, the innocent, up to the gods and the goddesses, we are not too far removed from that today. I, I believe there are many people that are interested in invoking the gods through both entertainment and also through literal child sacrifice, literal things that um, we think only confined to the heathenistic world. But we did just burn a giant altar in Warwickshire, part of a trauma-based mind-control ritual, and uh, we would normally think that's confined to the ancient world, but it's not. It's in 2022. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Check out our website, thesecretteachings.info, rdgable at yahoo.com. There's more after this. The music, white, bad audio, don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info this is linda godfrey author of monsters among us and you are listening to the secret teachings with ryan gable broadcasting from somewhere between heaven hell and purgatory it's the secret teachings on ground zero radio release the kraken you could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and crawl out to the fallout back to me. 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. I've never been a fan of getting my hands dirty, but not from my father. Always more fun to entice men and women to dirty deeds. Confirms what I've always believed. No, what do you believe? That all people, if given the right pressures or stimulus, are evil motherfuckers. See, madness, as you know, is like gravity. All it takes is a little push. <laughs> <laughs> so your life is a joke. See, their morals, their code, it's a bad joke. These, uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. The fire rises. And what's with that stupid grin? Life's been good to me. <laughs> I believe I saw the future. Cataclysm, fire, death. I saw a man. White face. <laughs> Demonic. He was laughing. What are you doing? Giving her a smile. You have a star. The politicians, the billionaires, the elite, they all made a deal to work in Yah's service. <laughs> My dad. Exactly. That's when we took the plunge, too. Sold our souls, did the whole black mass thing. The world is a raging cluster. And we need to burn this motherfucker to the ground. Wipe that slate clean and start over. This time, do it right. I need to hear some sins. I need to feel we're making way for him. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Great day to be a Satanist. Go to hell! I believe it and I'm very excited about it. Satanus! May you say Lucifer! May you say Hail Satan! Hail Satan! We're not what you think we are. Satanic Temple was an idea between a handful of people directly confronting authority. This makes life fun. I'm very excited about it. The ultimate rebel. The one that wants to work against order. The authority. Well, then everyone loses their minds. <laughs> Introduce a little anarchy. I'm an agent of chaos. Oh, and you know the thing about chaos? It's beer. This world is a twisted black hole of sin and chaos and that's why satanism is the way of the future we are the fastest growing religion in the world so we need people like you bright eager the next generation to help spread the word of lucifer because here's a beautiful secret babe once you embrace that at our core we are degenerate rotten beings every last one of us You'll be free. Satanism is about giving in to your urges, embracing sin, your true nature. I sold my soul to the devil, and he gave me everything I ever wanted. A white face. Give her a smile. Demonic. He was laughing. <laughs> that is the most frightening form of evil enemy who has no rules, the enemy who's not out for anything, who can't be understood. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. 
Some men just want to watch too. The fire rises. Cataclysm. Fire. Death. The fire rises. Can you introduce me as Joker? I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. The smiling man, the joker, the pale-faced demon, the face of death, the antichrist, the hat man, the slender man, the rake, the pale man, whatever name you choose to give this evil, it is the same manifestation of his infernal majesty. Call him the devil. Call him Satan. Call him him. The same characteristics, the same expressionless face, or the same uncomfortably odd smile stretching from ear to ear like the Joker, like Venom, the black goo, smiley face in the Watchmen series. And the original ending to Watchmen was a portal opening up over New York City. And rather than an atomic blast, it was a portal that gave way to an octopus-like, squid-like, tentacle creature that came into our dimension, our world, and wreaked havoc. Here's a description of, of how that was supposed to go. This is from a, one of those wiki fan sites for, for Watchmen. It says, under the guise of a Hollywood film, a team of writers, artists, and scientists are, are brought together, and they're tricked into designing a gigantic squid-like monster before funneling resources into bringing the creature to life and setting it loose in the city. When confronted with a monstrous cosmic entity, humanity rallies together against their cosmic foe. So under the guise of a Hollywood film, this team of writers and artists and scientists get together to create this gigantic squid-like monster But the resources, the money, the currency, the energy that goes into creating this fictional thing are actually being used to bring it physically into existence for real, to be set loose on humanity. It's an octopus, squid-like creature. The same creature that is featured in the new Meta Facebook commercial. They elevate the squid octopus-like monster in this commercial of smiling faces and bright colors. When you look at characters like the Joker, characters like Venom, there's a new movie coming out called Smile. Hundreds of smiling faces were projected above Wellington Harbor with a new interactive digital display very similar to um, the digital projections of the rifts that were opened these dimensional gateways that were projected onto buildings in 14 parts of the world 
a few weeks ago for the Stranger Things 4 season promotion. 14 parts of the world, 14 pieces of Osiris, God of the Underworld, opening up dimensional gateways to the Underworld or the upside-down world. Watchmen features the smiley face. Then there's the movie Smile. Then there's Venom. There's a bunch of different um, popular culture expressions of the smile. Of course, when somebody smiles and um, the the interaction doesn't call for a smile, it's obviously very disturbing, very creepy. And the mind has a hard time understanding what's what's going on. It's like when... Um, it's like when George Bush used to smile while he was talking about the war in Iraq. And what he's saying doesn't really match his facial expression. That tells you both from body language and also just from, you don't have to know anything about body language, just from the physical expression that something's off there. There's a wire crossed. And the mind has a hard time doing the same when, you know, you look at a you look at a man in women's clothing with makeup on and fake boobs, you know, that you, you, you have a hard time figuring out what you're looking at because we're hardwired to see as a man, we're hardwired to see women in a certain way and women to see women in a certain way and women to see men in a certain way, men to see men in a certain way. We're hardwired to see the world in a certain way. And when we tamper with the world, then it becomes very difficult and very strange, and we have a hard time figuring out what reality is. So now reality is just being recast, whether it's the squid metaverse or squid games or that weird squid um, statue that was put up in Japan with COVID-19 relief money. It's all this intense focus on these monstrous uh, creatures of the deep. It's very Cthulian. And uh, I did a show called The Call, C-U-L-L, not C-A-L-L, like the story, but The Call of Cthulhu. Because it seems like there is an active call, or at least the intention of an active call on humanity. And it seems as if those behind the call those with very anti-human sentiment that want to control movements and actions and thoughts and food and purchases, etc. They, they don't take too kindly to human beings. They feel, and the things that they express and say, they feel very non-human. Whether it's Bill Gates or it's Klaus Schwab. And look what you have up there in Seattle where Bill Gates is located. You have the Seattle Kraken we've talked about on this show before. We actually talked with, uh, with Wes about it here uh, from Ground Zero Radio and Aftermath because uh, Wes is a big hockey fan like I am. So we, we, we talked on a show, and we're going to actually have Wes on The Secret Teachings at some point, I think, soon. We, uh, we were discussing uh, some hockey games because he went to a game up in, in Seattle and uh, the, the imagery of the Kraken and how that, the, the whole Climate Pledge Arena is just like this altar to the new order of the new um, the new normal, especially when they first uh, unveiled that stadium and or that arena. Technically, it's an arena. They unveiled that arena and they said that the uh, you had to have a vaccine and a mask to come in, and you're supposed to social distance in a stadium of like nineteen thousand people, eighteen nineteen thousand people. 
it's just like this virtue signal, but it was also a call to the, the the central figure of the team, which is this Kraken. It's the monster. It's the Cthulhu. It's this thing from the abyss, from the other world, from the upside down, from under the ocean, uh, from a different dimensional plane, if you will. And that's what it seems like the big corporations, the big banks, the billionaires, the philanthropists, the unelected world leaders like Klaus Schwab. It seems like this is what these people are worshiping, whether it's it's the Seattle Kraken or it's Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook or Meta. And what is Meta anyway? Meta is an inversion of Atom, A-T-E-M. They're creating a black Atom. And Black Adam's also a, 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 a TV show. Black Adam uh, 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 and Shazam with the electricity, uh, even DC Comics, Direct Current. Um, then, you, of course, you have Moon Knight uh, who obtains his powers from the Egyptian gods. And right now is the, the X-Men Hellfire Gala. Of course, the Hellfire Club was the uh, the club that was interpreted as a satanic cult in Stranger Things, but it was just a group of uh, people that got together to play Dungeons and Dragons. I think there's even a Dungeons and Dragons movie coming out now. There's this um, promotion for uh, the Hellfire Gala for X-Men, and it says, Hex marks the spot, the Scarlet Witch, she'll cast a spell on you. It has a trident on it, the X and the trident, just like the Russians and the Ukrainians and what's going on there, that unholy war. And here's the Scarlet Witch who dream walks into other dimensions and just like Vecna steals the soul, the energy, the power, the, 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 the spirit of children and uses it to open dimensional gateways, etc. And when you look at all this imagery, you look at all these things, you, you might start to think that Somebody clearly is either taking directional orders, let's call them, for lack of a better word, but there, there's, there has to be some other motivation behind this imagery appearing everywhere. I mean, it's for the, the, the Scarlet Witch, for example, or the Trident. I mean, these are these are things that. I mean, if you go see everything everywhere all at once, they use the image of the woman in red. They they have black goo in that movie. They have the black uh, uh, bagel, the the bagel with everything, which is the the, the ring of Saturn, uh, this dark god. And it, in the Cthulhu mythos, Cthulhu coming into our solar system, into our world, passes by and stops. From from what I remember reading, like at the planet Saturn. So this, this Saturnistic energy, this Saturnistic uh, force of chaos and destruction. And what is chaos? It's the Joker, right? The Joker. I'm an agent of chaos. And if I say that tomorrow a truckload of soldiers will be blown up, nobody panics because it's all part of the plan. But if I say that one little old mayor will die, everybody loses their minds. And that's really what the world feels like if, if 600,000 people die of treatable, reversible, preventable heart disease every year. Nobody panics because that's all part of the plan. But if a small number of people die from a disease that's not identified, you know, a particle that's not identified to cause a disease, then everybody panics because that's, that's not part of the plan. 
part of the plan is dying of heart disease and diabetes. Part of the plan is not dying of, 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 a, of a virus that your neighbor could have given you because they didn't wear their mask, right? Feels like the world has gone mad, just like us what the Joker tells Murray in the, in, in the, the, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. You know, people are mad. People are crazy out there, right? I just saw the, uh, the new Jurassic Park, Jurassic Dominion. And, uh, you know, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Dominion, the, the whole idea of the original Jurassic Park, it's the question of whether man should tamper with the natural order. Should man call and create these terrifying, intelligent monsters from the ancient world, be them real or be them perhaps... Not that that's the theme of Jurassic Park, but I'm submitting to you, be them real like dinosaurs. Maybe you don't believe in dinosaurs. That's okay. Or be them more like an idea, a thought form that manifests over thousands or millions of years. And maybe this is done through genetic engineering or it's done through ritual ceremony. There are many today that seem hell-bent on unleashing hellfire by calling upon the Lovecraftian old ones and welcoming them into our world. The manner in which this is accomplished may also pique your curiosity. It includes a literal and or figurative sacrificing of the innocent. Think about prayer and ritual. Prayer repeatedly performed at a specific location can cause an energetic vortex to form. You can feel the energy of a church, of a temple, of a, of a mosque. Benevolent practices manifest positive vibration. Malevolent practices result in a terrifying and cold energy. The monsters, the demons, the gods, etc. of the ancient world might not be simple archetypal, uh, archetypical characters. And they might not simply be manifested out of our collective unconscious. There are those who believe that they are very real and can be drawn into human service and that there are ways in which to do this. Obviously, creatures, um, creatures that never incarnated like uh, demons, for example, these, these things are ideas. These are components of psychology. And these monsters, these demons that you know hide in the shadows that uh, are from the dark side of the moon, these monsters, these demons, these creatures... They're always looking for someone willing to play their game. They're always looking for someone who is willing to give up the sacred part of themselves for temporary pleasure, temporary power or authority. And when one does this, of course, the demon uh, rarely holds true to its words, so it attempts to trip up those who summoned it and collect the toll collect the, uh, the life, far earlier than the contract stipulates. So those involved in these practices become darker and darker in their actions, and they become more blatant and brazen with that which they interact with, that which they worship, they honor, because they know that the time is coming in which those monsters, those demons, both figurative and literal, are about to make their presence known to the rest of us. And so they do horrifying, terrible things like child sacrifice, sacrificing the most innocent, pure thing. They're willing to do that because they believe, and this is also metaphoric, but perhaps literal, they do this because they know that the most grotesque, the most 
offensive, obscene thing is to take a gift from God and kill it, murder it, rape it, torture it for the devil. Some of you might remember, especially if you listen to this show, the hundreds of predator priests. That's the name that a grand jury in Pennsylvania gave to hundreds of priests who were accused of sexually abusing children. A 1,356-page grand jury report came out a couple of years ago, released by the state Supreme Court in Pennsylvania. It was a culmination of an 18-month investigation into six of Pennsylvania's eight dioceses. They named more than 300 what the court said or the grand jury said were, quote, predator priests. They were accused of preying on more than 1,000 victims over the last several decades. One of those was Father George Zeros, a priest at St. Adalbert's on the south side of Pittsburgh who befriended a middle schooler named George in the 1970s. Now, at the unfortunately named and uh, no pun intended rectory, the priests asked this little boy George to stand up on a bed and remove his shirt, then his pants. They told him that he would pose more consistently with Christ in a loincloth if he took off his clothes. This is a young boy. And they wanted him to become Christ. This is a little child. This is from the grand jury report. So the kid strips down. These are priests. The mother, you know, always thinks, the father always thinks they can trust the priest. Don't know how people think that nowadays, but... They start taking pictures of this kid, and they told him, now you got to take your underwear off. So they got this young kid naked, and he's mocking the crucifixion of Christ. Now, when George testified in front of a grand jury decades later, he said that the photos taken of him were only part of a collection of pornographic pictures taken and shared by an insidious pedophile community, in his words, quote-unquote, of priests in the Pittsburgh area. He knew who else was involved. He knew the other priests, the other people that were that were being treated the way he was, because priests would give out golden crosses to groom their favorite boys. The grand jury noted that the crosses served another purpose. This is a quote from the grand jury. Quote, They were a visible designation that these children were victims of sexual abuse. They were a signal to other predators that the children had, be de- had been desensitized to sexual abuse and were optimal targets for further victimization. Let me let me reinstate that. Let me explain that again. This is not Pizzagate, which was a massive, distorted, manipulation, gaslighting, psychological scam. This was not QAnon, which was a massive, psychological manipulation, gaslighting, fraud. All that's controlled intelligence agency, perhaps self-organizing collective intelligence, artificial intelligence, controlled narrative. All that's nonsense and garbage. But you notice now when you talk about cults, when you talk about pedophiles, when you talk about human or sexual trafficking of children in particular, it always gets drawn back to, oh, you believe in QAnon, you believe in Pizzagate. Well, what if I did? What if I did believe in those things? Does that mean that this stuff doesn't happen? No, but that's the whole point in those narratives being promulgated. 
Personally, I don't. In fact, Clyde Lewis and I, I don't know if Clyde remembers, but Clyde Lewis and I did a show on Pizzagate like five years ago, whenever it first came out. We did a show on it and said neither, neither one of us believed that it was, a, it was a real thing. We thought it was a PSYOP. And turns out that we were right. It is a PSYOP, and so is uh, the QAnon thing. It's all nonsense. All JFK Jr. and all his pizza, you know, Pizzagate. I mean, it doesn't mean some of the stuff's not real. And this is a grand jury report in the state of Pennsylvania. Hundreds of predator priests, they groomed children. They took pictures of them naked, mocking the crucifixion of Christ on the cross. Little kids. And they gave them little golden crosses as part of the grooming process so that they could identify them, so others could identify them, and so that children also, you know, they knew when other kids were groomed or maybe maybe even what priest that child belonged to based on the jewelry that they were wearing. These aren't 18-year-olds. These are, these are kids. And it's not Pizzagate. That's a grand jury report from the Supreme Court of the state of Pennsylvania. Another story broke recently. Lots of different news sources, CBS, MSN, Salt Lake Tribute, Newsweek. Investigators ask for help in a case of ritualistic child sacrifice or ritualistic child sex abuse in Utah, in Utah County. Detectives with Utah County Sheriff's Office Special Victims Unit have asked for help to identify victims or people with information about ritualistic child sexual abuse and child sex trafficking dating from 1990 to 2010. According to Sergeant Spencer Cannon, ritualistic typically would involve a group of people, an organized effort of abuse, tracking, uh, trafficking, providing victims to each other. According to the Utah County Sheriff's Office, the investigation began in April of 2021 when a victim came forward to report the abuse. Now, Utah Attorney General, Utah County Attorney General, called for the sheriff of the county to resign, saying that the top cop may have tried to implicate him in the ritualistic sex ring investigation that involved the quote cannibalizing young children end quote as part of a ritualistic sex ring sacrificing the innocent and doing things that are grotesque and obscene the fact that so much of this makes it into the 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 popular culture, makes it into uh, memes, makes it into the conversation, shows you that even if none of this stuff is real, there 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 certainly is a reason that it's being focused on. There's a dark energy there, and that energy could be used to invoke those things that go bump in the night. I'm Ryan Gable. This is the Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. We're going to go further into the abyss, into that gateway, into that portal when we come back from break and see what we can find. Stay with us. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? 
complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening. If you are listening in the archive or one of the many radio and podcast players after the main live show, please leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. A couple of stars. Write out a sentence or two. Let us and others know what you think of the show especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, check out our website, thesecretteachings.info. Please subscribe to the show archive to support what we do here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Nobody pays us to do this. We are entirely listener-supported. So please subscribe to our archive at thesecretteachings.info. Grab a copy of one of my books. They're on the website. You can read reviews. Check out behind-the-scenes content on Patreon and our affiliate sponsors, One more time, that website, www.thesecretteachings.info. Detectives with the Utah County Sheriff's Office Special Victims Unit asked for people to identify victims with information on ritualistic child sexual abuse and child sex trafficking from the 1990s to the 2010s. 
According to Utah County Sheriff's Office, the investigation began in April of 2021 when a victim came forward to report abuse. Utah County Attorney David Levitt, or Levitt, called for an outside investigation and the resignation of the county's top law enforcement officer, saying that the sheriff, Mike Smith, dredged up these outlandish allegations to accuse the county attorney of, quote, cannibalizing young children and participating in a ritualistic sex ring. Levitt said he read an investigative report the day prior that contained decades-old accusations of an illegal sex ring involving 15 people. He says the 151-page document involved him and his wife. Both of them were named as being involved in this sex cult, but it was more than a sex cult because they apparently were cannibalizing children as well. The sheriff emphasized that while Leavitt focused on accusations of cannibalism, the primary investigation still involved the sex abuse of young people. According to Salt Lake Tribute, the only forum where Leavitt is publicly alleged to have been involved with the sex ring is purportedly published online by a man who Leavitt's office is Leavitt's office is prosecuting for a 2008 rape case. Prosecutors allege that the man faked his death in the United States and is now living out of the country. Here's Newsweek. Attorney accused of murdering small children and cannibalism. The attorney, the attorney general for Utah County, is saying that this is all about politics because the sheriff endorsed his opponent, Leavitt's opponent, in the upcoming election, a guy named Jeff Gray. According to Utah's public health indicator-based information system, sexual violence in the state of Utah is a, quote, serious health problem. They go on to say that rape, attempted rape, etc., is higher than the national average in Utah. And uh, that is perhaps part of the basis for some of these, uh, these claims. Uh, Leave it. The attorney for Utah County is allegedly named as part of the sheriff's investigation, according to a 35 minute press conference saying where the sheriff said he found um, where the attorney said he found that he and his wife were accused of these horrific, heinous acts. Here's a quote from the attorney. For the first time in the reportedly 15 or 20 years since the report was given, I learned that my wife and I were part of those allegations alleging that we were guilty of cannibalizing young children and murdering young children. It was debunked more than 10 years ago. I love everybody says debunked, 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 debunked. Whether or not that's, that's true, it actually seems like a very legitimate possibility and uh, there are mainline sources reporting on this, and it's coming from the sheriff's office. They're investigating these claims, which right, rightfully so, they should be investigated. And the, uh, the attorney is very upset because this is during um, his reelection and uh, says that this whole thing's political. But here's something that's not political. Hundreds of predator priests in Pennsylvania, where they not only were sexually abusing the children... They were taking kids, this one boy named George, by the grand jury report released by the Supreme Court of the state of Pennsylvania, uh, six dioceses in Pennsylvania, uh, hundreds of predator priests, etc., thousands of victims over decades. 
they would take the little boy, strip him down, and he would be made to mock the crucifixion of Christ nude. And then they would take pictures of him. They gave him a golden cross like a lot of other of the boys involved or other, they could have been girls involved too. They gave these golden crosses as an indicator of this child was groomed. They were groomed and that they were maybe ready for more grooming or that they, uh, they belong to one father or another in the church. I mean, anytime you attempt to get access to innocent people in order to do harm to them, you're not a good person to keep things very simple. If you go kill innocent people with a gun, with a knife, you're not a good person. It's not the gun, it's not the the knife, it's not your bare hands, it's not even the religion, it's not, you know, the Catholic religion per se, it's, it's people that look for gun-free zones where law-abiding citizens can't have guns. It's people that are predators that look to places where they can find easy prey. They look to, like the subway guy, Jared Fogle, they look to broken homes, as he said in the FBI uh, recording, the FBI audio recording they had of him. You know, the girl or the, the boy from the broken home, because they were easier, they were easier to get to, they were easier to to control, to abuse, to manipulate. And that's not just in, in Utah County. I mean, there's a story out yesterday, Mexican megachurch leader given 17 years in U.S. prison for child sex abuse, sexually abused three girls. Of course, a hundred, uh, a couple hundred page report from the Guidepost Solutions with explosive details about the largest Protestant denomination, this uh, the Southern Baptists, and a growing sexual crisis within its ranks, also involving uh, former SBC President Johnny Hunt. Hundreds of people, terabytes of data, and even the SBC Southern Baptist uh, community, they, their law firm repeatedly advised leaders not to take action when they were approached with concerns of abuse or reform. Not even necessarily accusation, but just hey, something's going on, can we look into this? And the law firm told them not to address it, not to to look at it. So that's Catholic, that's Protestant, it's Baptist. But then there's also, I don't particularly like the guy, but North Carolina Representative Madison Cawthorn, I don't really have much of an opinion on him, but in, in, in an interview he did a few weeks ago, he said that sexual perversion was rife in Washington, D.C., and that he said he was invited to an orgy where people he looked up to were basically just doing, well, they were consuming drugs right in front of him. The one thing he said I thought was interesting was that he witnessed prominent figures who were, quote, on the movement to try and remove addiction in our county. It might be a typo, maybe it was country. Uh, and they were doing a bump of cocaine. People that are trying to, to fight a war on drugs or they're doing lines of cocaine. They're people that are trying to preserve the, the social, cultural, moral fabric. Are they having random sex with prostitutes and whores? It's, it's basically an eyes wide shut party. And he said that he witnessed sexual perversion, which, I mean, maybe for a strong conservative, uh, someone who is going to an orgy is that sexual perversion, but Sexual perversion could mean a lot of things. Sexual perversion could be everything from bestiality to 
uh, underage uh, uh, girls, underage boys, or it could it could mean something even you know perhaps worse than that. I mean, if you read um, the Franklin scandal, uh, I believe Nick Nick Bryant I think wrote that we had him on the show. Actually, he's one of the guys that um, was instrumental in leaking the Epstein Black Book. Uh, we interviewed him like three years ago. And uh, his book uh, about the Franklin cover-up, the Franklin scandal, uh, I don't remember where it is in the book because it's a, br- a really big book, but I remember reading, um, you know, it was uh, Larry King, uh, the Republican leader, and all these other people, and they, uh, they were involved in these, these, these things where they would go and, you know, these cults, they would, go, Omaha, Nebraska, they would go and they would, you know, find young girls for, you know, modeling, quote-unquote, you know, and then they would um, they'd have these parties with drugs and young kids. And, you know, you did basically have. I've read this other places, too. You basically have like Congress men, Congress women, senators. And, you know, when they first are. Uh, first are brought into power, they're taken or invited to these parties like like Madison Cawthorn said. And they're brought into these parties and they're they're given the option of. um participating you know maybe you don't have to participate but you have to be okay with it you have to know that you can't say anything it's but it's it's basically a blackmail party so you you have a senator getting a blowjob from an eight-year-old girl and i know that that sounds grotesque and why 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 did he just say that i'm offended okay i'm not the one getting the bj okay this is this is this is one of the best written accounts of the Franklin cover up the Franklin scandal. Um, the, uh, go back to the Finders cult in the eighties, where you have uh, a group of people that are tracking children, that are hunting down children at playgrounds, etc. The FBI knew about it. They actually re- there's recent documents released in the last few years about the the Finders cult. And they had like military grade. I mean, this was back in the 80s. Okay, so computers were not like they are today, obviously. So this group had like a complex system of computers, of monitoring, of uh, cataloging and categorizing things, of keeping track of of movements, of keeping track of information, of data, of, of, of their resources. This was like very, very high level stuff. So the finders cult, they uh, one of the stories, you know, of, of how this was how this story broke, um, how the, how this cult was uncovered was that police officers saw these um, I think they were police officers saw these two kids were playing. They looked very dirty and, you know, wearing raggedy clothes. They were playing on a playground. And uh, long story short, they you know, this this group, the finders, they had this like this facility, um, something like uh What's that movie called with Ethan Hawke? A Black Phone or something? That new movie coming out? I think that's called... Is it called Black Phone? Let me look that up. I think it's called Black Phone. Um, but yeah, it's like this kid. Yeah, it's called Black Phone. It's like this kid who... Um, you know, these kids who were taken to this, this, this like basement dwelling. And they had this whole network of, of facilities. Again, that was back in the 80s. And I mean, that's just one group, one cult. I mean, look at the... Look at the group in New Mexico that were literally training kids to commit acts of mass violence, mass shootings. Look that up. New Mexico compound mass shooting kids. 
and you'll find that kids were actually being trained there to perform mass shootings. Because it's, it's not the government that does it. It's not the FBI that does it directly if something like that is, is set up. It's um, you know these weird splinter groups that do it, and they get paid a lot of money to do it, and then when they get burned, they get burned. So, you know, what Madison Cawthorn said, maybe it's, you know, sexual perversion, maybe it's not, but it's right in line with, with the Southern Baptists. It's right in line with the Catholic Church. It's right in line with what police are looking at in Utah County, that something, something's off there. Uh, people have reported uh, cannibalism and ritualistic sacrifice and child sex abuse, and something that Certainly, uh, it should be and is being looked into. We don't really know for sure. I mean, I don't want to just believe something like that because, oh, it's, you know, it's, um, it's expedient for a good radio topic. I don't want to sit here and tell you that's real. I, I don't want that to be real. Are you kidding? It's grotesque. It's, it's horrific. It's, it's evil. It's demonic. And, and that's why people do things like that. Because you, you've made a deal you know, with the devil, figuratively or literally. And, you know, the devil is coming to collect his dues. And you can either pay up or you can continue in the service of the devil until you become a demon, uh, until you essentially, whether your soul is taken or you you become demonic looking, if you will, uh, as a result of the horrific things that you're doing to maintain the little bit of power that you think you have when you already belong to that force that you've pledged your soul to. So, you know, the, 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 the whole idea, for example, of, of like Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, the, you know, the new movie just came out. Uh, I got to see it earlier tonight. And in the whole idea of, 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 of this franchise, you know, the original book, is should man tamper with nature? What are the consequences of this? What are the dangers of this? Should, should we alter the natural order? Should we tamper with the natural order? Should we be calling on these terrifying and intelligent monsters from the ancient world so that we can, we can show them to the modern world for, you know, whether that's to gain an appreciation of them or just to make profit? Is that right? And there's, of course, you know, the, the modern angle of like environmentalists and PETA people and, um, you know, animals in captivity, of course. But whether it's done through genetic engineering or perhaps it's done through ritual uh, ceremony, uh, it seems that throughout Hollywood and even in scientific circles, I mean, look at CERN and the Shiva statue and the atomic bomb and now I become death, the destroyer of worlds and that, that, that Hindu mythology that is uh, present within these powerful historical events and uh, powerful modern events, the activating of CERN, the finding of the, the God particle in 2012. Some people thought the world ended. We ended up on a separate path. It feels like the world is becoming more mad. It's becoming more Joker-esque. So, so something's off. Something's wrong. Whether we're there or not, it seems like there are those who want to take us there. They're hell-bent on unleashing hellfire by welcoming those monsters from the other side. They're, they're hell-bent on unleashing hellfire by calling upon the old ones of Lovecraft and welcoming them into our world. And the way in which this can be done is through the sacrificing of the innocent, the concentration through ritual and prayer and sacrifice to create a vortex to open that 
that portal, that gateway, that dimension to sacrifice the child to open the gateway like Wanda wanted to do in the new Doctor Strange movie. And uh, when you when you start to put these pieces together, you realize there's there's certainly a, a directive. And I don't know if it's something from the outside trying to get in and it's dreamwalking like Wanda or it's like Vecna. It's getting into people's minds and it's helping them to uh, build a, a system that will allow these things to enter into our world. Maybe that's terraforming the planet. Maybe that's a net or a grid of uh, satellites in the sky connected to a Neuralink system, connected to AI, connected to the metaverse. The new metaverse commercial is a giant squid creature. And uh, that's something that we, we find present uh, all throughout Hollywood, all throughout the entertainment industry, all throughout the music industry. You, you see the rake, the pale man, the slender man. You see these monstrous uh, uh, cre- cre- creatures, these monstrous forms. Uh, the hat man, the smiling man. There's a new movie coming out called Smile. Um, and, you know, of course, whether it's the Joker's smile or it's Venom, you know, you see these, the smiley face, the smiley face, like Watchmen. And, uh, you know, I read you earlier a little uh, wiki fan thing about Watchmen uh, where, you know, the original Watchmen ending was supposed to be this octopus-like squid thing that came out of a portal in New York City. And they, they changed that and it ended up being like an atomic blast. But if you read the... If you read the description of, of what was done, it's, 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 it's so bizarre. It's a group of Hollywood writers that get together to, to create this storyline, to create the story of this, this monster, this creature. Uh, but the guy that's behind it, as far as I understand this, I might have a little bit of my, my comic book knowledge off here, but the, 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 the person that's behind it who assembles this team to design this gigantic squid-like monster is actually funneling resources into bringing the creature actually to life and setting it loose in the city. And uh, this monster was also, you know, it's the, it's the mind flayer. Uh, Vecna also looks like Slenderman with the tentacles. And uh, one of the promotion for, well, for example, remember the Travis Scott thing, Astro World, and the walking through the mouth of chaos, the, 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 uh, the, the, the famous painting, the mouth of chaos and Christ and the, the portal, the mountain, the vortex slipping into the other side. November 5th. Remember, remember the 5th of November, Travis Scott, Houston, Texas, Astro Festival 2021. And the promotion for it was basically a portal opening up with something that looks like a squid, an octopus, or kind of looks like a demigorgon. Uh, and it says, see you on the other side. I mean, the, the, none of this is clothed. This is the, the, the Cthulhu has no clothes. The emperor has no clothes. It is so blatant now from the, the, the scarlet woman to uh, the, the black images of the abyss from the goo to the rings of Saturn, uh, the 3 a.m. summoning of, 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 of these entities from other worlds. Like Jordy Rose said, we go into their world, extract resources. We're trying to bring the Lovecraftian old ones into into existence. They're knocking on the door and we have some people that are willing to answer the door and some that like Vecna or Wanda are under the influence of those forces and they are attempting to bring this about. At least, I mean, that's what it feels like. 
Another interesting story in Salem, Massachusetts, a man is facing multiple charges in connection with the vandalism of the bewitched statue. The landmark was doused in red paint this week. Six foot tall bronze sculpture at the corner of Essex and Washington streets pays tribute to the 1960s TV sitcom Bewitched statue Elizabeth Montgomery. The actress uh, played the character Samantha Stevens riding a broomstick next to a crescent moon and uh, somebody dumped red paint all over it. So if you look at the picture, it looks it's a, scar- it's a scarlet witch again. We go back to uh, the Lovecraftian old ones. And uh, there, if you read The Call of Cthulhu, I, I, I honestly have never read Lovecraft. I've just picked up these archetypes and these symbols over the last decade. And um, I mean, I knew about Cthulhu. I knew about some of the stuff that Lovecraft wrote about. But I finally got a book. I finally, it was like five bucks at a used bookstore. I finally got a copy of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's greatest stories. And I started reading um, The Call of Cthulhu because I've read most of that online, actually, The Call of Cthulhu. Never read the other stories. But I started reading it and it you know, starts out with this quote from uh, Algernon Blackwood. It says, of such great powers of beings, there may be conceivably a survival a survival of a hugely remote period when consciousness was manifested, perhaps in shapes and forms long since withdrawn before the tide of advancing humanity. Forms of which poetry and legend alone have caught a flying memory and called them gods, monsters, mythical beings of all sorts and kinds. This is some theorize also kind of the idea behind Lord of the Rings that J.R. Tolkien had access to these ancient manuscripts and that as a result of this, um, you know, the, the idea of dwarves and orcs, you know, these, these are the monsters, these are the creatures, the mythical, mystical beings of the old ancient world, the ancient old ones that were very, very real. And uh, they were, I mean, it's kind of like ancient aliens, but it's like, it's like a different version of ancient aliens. And uh, that which they worship is the octopus, the dragon. This is how Lovecraft describes the, the little artifact to Cthulhu. If I say that my somewhat extravagant imagination yielded simultaneous pictures of an octopus, a dragon, and a human caricature, I shall not be unfaithful to the spirit of the thing. A pulpy, tentacled head surmounted a grotesque and scaly body with rudimentary wings. But it was the general outline of the whole which made it most shockingly frightful. Behind the figure was a vague suggestion of a cyclopean architectural background. The Cthulhu cult, whether it's the Seattle Kraken or it's the weird statue the Japanese put up with COVID-19 relief money or it's the various images of the tentacle monster from Stranger Things to Astro World with Travis Scott. Obviously, Travis Scott, Travis Scott, Travis Scott, say it fast enough. You get Tavistock, Tavistock, Mind Control. They actually utilize music and drugs. They were behind sex, drugs, and rock and roll, the Tavistock Institute, using these open-air rock concerts as ways to distribute drugs and test new forms of, of these chemical substances on the public, using music for mind control. Whether it's mind control or it's something else, it, it feels like, those those creatures are being called upon and at the the forefront is it's it's the pirates of the caribbean davy jones it's 
uh, the Kraken. It's Cthulhu. It's the the shadow monster. It's the spirit of uh, of of these um, these uh, abysmal monsters, uh, these creatures, these mythical beings. Um, obviously, mythology is a form of science trying to understand nature. A lot of this comes from psychology, the archetypes, Jungian archetypes, uh, Joseph Campbell. But perhaps some of this is very real. And when you have cannibalism, that's ritualistic, human sacrifice, child sacrifice, you have these ideas of the ancient heathenistic world drawn up that we, we, we say they happened a long time ago. These were uncivilized people. But today, you have altars in uh, Warwickshire in Britain being burned. Big, big altars. Big altars uh, ornately designed by one of the people that does uh, Burning Man stuff. And uh, they lit it on fire with seven torchbearers, seven divine rays of light, seven days after it was opened with pictures of COVID-19 victims and all that inside with, with messages. And the messages are carried up in the smoke to the heavens, to the gods, to Mount Olympus. And we do that today. Statues of octopuses from, from Japan for COVID-19 all the way to Seattle, Washington. Don't you think that's strange? Japan used COVID-19 relief money to make this giant squid-like octopus statue. And in Seattle... The Seattle Kraken, the whole focus of that altar of the Climate Pledge Arena centered on that, that, that squid-like, octopus-like Kraken Cthulhu character. And the whole stadium is a, is a pledge to the climate, but it's run by big corporations like Amazon and Starbucks, of course, and Alaskan Airlines. But the whole thing is a pledge to that monster, to that creature. On the other side of the world, and, and the stadium is built not only around climate change, it's built also around COVID-19 with the masks and the vaccines. From Japan to Seattle. The squid, the octopus, Cthulhu, that's where all the energy is being focused. They are calling on the ancient gods. And we're doing it not with genetic engineering per se to call upon these monsters that once existed millions of years ago as in dinosaurs, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. We're doing it by manifesting these creatures of the mind, both figurative and literal agricultures, tulpas, and thought forms that manifest and come into this world. And they are working like Vecna, like the Scarlet Witch, like Wanda, through people to manifest in our reality, to open the doors, to open the gateways, the watchtowers into our world. You have these characters from Japan to Seattle, and they're all, it's because of COVID-19, the focus on that, that uh, that that image uh, it's strange don't you think uh, we're all facing a, a a a terrifying reality and um, what we do as a result of being confronted with this information determines if we will serve this this monster this thing or if we will disavow it and uh, give true praise to the the, the real creator not in the Christian sense, but the real, true, driving, energetic, conscious, spiritual, uh, soulful force of the material world and not slip into the Black Adam, the digital artificial man of the metaverse run by the octopus squid-like character, bringing us into their dimension, bringing us into their world. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please subscribe to our archive separate from Clyde's archive. Check out Aftermath and subscribe to Clyde's archive. Subscribe to our archive as well. Our archive 
this week, $40 for a yearly subscription. Subscribe on the website, thesecretteachings.info. rdgable at yahoo.com is our email. If you have any questions about that, when you subscribe, you get access to my digital books. You get access to the show ad-free. You get access to the montages, etc. Also, behind-the-scenes content, affiliate sponsors, all on the website, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and TST underscore underscore radio. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. The music, White Bat Audio. Have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you next week here on Ground Zero Radio.